Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here today, episode 326 in the house. We are going to have Liz Gorman, LFL Hall of Famer. We're going to be talking uh, LFL plus the evolution of X-League for 2021. We're also going to have uh, Nate Ward in the house here talking uh, X-League in terms of what that means for the league, the branding, and uh, what the uh, commissioner, Mitchell Mortaza, had expressed for Obviously, for the 2020 season canceled, but 2021 coming up. We're also going to be talking NFL news, a lot of NFL news, in about 30 minutes with Mackenzie Brooks. And then we're going to dive in women's news and notes as Utah Girls Football League action week three. We have a lot of football action in in the uh, Icon Women's Football Association in Texas. So that's pretty exciting. Um, So we've got a lot of things happening. You can go everywhere but the hub. So go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the women's game right there. You can also visit our IG pages at Gridiron Beauties on IG and Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, we do have a promotion giveaway going out. Uh, worked out a uh, kind of a situation with Web Influential, and they're uh, basically doing a giveaway for us as well. So if you go to the Twitter feed, it is a wearable uh, towel brawl and it's one giveaway till july 4th uh it's simple retweet the post and then follow us obviously to get a hold of you so check it out on twitter go to twitter at great Iron beauty and you can uh, pretty much participate in the giveaway for one of the wearable uh towel bras all right we're gonna have nate ward coming in here in a minute here and then we're, we're gonna be talking big news here because the evolution of uh legends football league to x league was supposed to be a big deal this year as well as the anticipation of the WNFC launching year two and WFA as well with big news with big sponsors, but that didn't happen. But unfortunately today we did get that news where there's uh, an opportunity here where this new X league is evolving into a different type of brand and transforming uh, the platform that was previously uh, legends football league uh, now into X league and a, a real transformation in, in a sense. So let's bring in Nate Ward, our LFL, LFL insider or ex-league insider now going forward. Um, Nate, how's it going today? I'm doing all right, Oscar. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Nate, uh, I mean, this is sort of big in a way because uh, we're starting to see little things that happen. Uh, admission by the commissioner, Mitchell Mortaza, about how he was at some point down the road here when he did decide to shut down, I guess, Legends Football League for a short period of time, which was probably a 30-day window. Uh, then he basically admitted um, on the podcast, you can, get the, you can get the link to the podcast on YouTube at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties, um, and that would be the sweet, um, the sweet uh, access uh, podcast there. Um, so... Uh, Nate, what do you what do you get of all this? Like, uh, you know, the uniform changing obviously goes to a traditional, more arena football style uniform. In a lot of sense, it's what the girls wanted a long, long time ago. We talked about leggings. We talked about the upgradable shoulder pads when Legends transformed from uh, lingerie football league to Legends. So, 
Um, a lot of changes here, and then obviously one more big bombshell from what he tells us on in July. I'm assuming that might be a network deal of some sort. I would hope so. That, that seems like the more you know the the most logical logical thing. Um, you know, it, it seemed a little weird to me that um, if you if you listened, they um, the the other two in the room kind of had no idea what he was talking about. So he's kind of keeping it very heavily under wraps. So I hope, I hope it's something good, but I was very impressed with the, um, with the, the uniforms. I had every thought anticipation from the, the, the teasers and what we saw when things first relaunched, so to speak, that it was going to be same old, same old. And then they came out swinging on this podcast and, um, you know, full size shoulder pads, full length jersey, I mean the 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 works. It sounds like they've got things on the right track. They just need to execute it well and, and prove that they are, you know, they are here to make a difference and show that this is different from the LFL. And and it was interesting to listen to listen to to Mitch talk about in, and actually admit, you know, that there were very verbal vocal concerns um, from players in in terms of the the safety aspect and the. Um, you know, the gear outlook um, and really trying to drive home that, you know, this is, you know, the LFL got a bow put on it. This is something completely different. He's trying, it does sound like he's trying a little bit harder this time. And I look forward to seeing how that plays out into next year and beyond when we actually start seeing games and if those things actually take effect. But I was very impressed with this podcast and what appeared to be his, um, his his openness and his honesty. It seemed like I I really honestly felt like I saw a different attitude in Mitch Mortaz than I have in the past, and that says that says a lot, especially from this could, this, could this, it be this, Nate, this critic that this COVID pretty pretty much puts every everybody in perspective. I mean, there this I think everybody's been changed in that way. I mean, we have um, you know we have the political side of things right now with the changes. Uh, we talked about that with. Uh, uh, Adrian Smith, last podcast, 325. We talked to Daniel Harvey and Sherry Owaga, episode 324, right? Um, do you think he's getting a reality check at the fact that the fans at this point or the eye candy, if you want to consider it that, the eye candy m- movement, um, as he claimed, was basically 10 years and it's done in terms of a run? Do you really think he's, a, like he's, to your point, he's kind of realized that, okay, that's it's a done deal? Um, it wasn't basically presented that way initially, right? Because we still got X League with the bikini promo, with everything coming up, and so it gives me a, I don't know, a, a trust, a, you know, a way to trust or not trust. I'm still not fence mentality, in other words. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there, there is still that that aspect of being on the fence, but I just think, I think the virus has definitely, uh, you know, we've, we've had the discussions. Um, with with multiple different personalities, um, I, I think it it has put a lot of things in perspective. I know personally, there's been a lot of things in in my life that it's really it's kind of turned that dial around to I should have looked at things from this way. And I think with that whole aspect, like you said, of the the fans changing and that dynamic changing and the attitude changing. I mean, with the response we saw from the players in terms of protection, but still wanting to play, still wanting to help the brand foster and grow. I think having this virus, having this time to really step back and go, 
maybe trying to just continue it on under a new name is not the best approach. Maybe actually turning a corner is a better approach. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll still be some, some staunch critics, a few former players, if you will, who will probably still be edging and trying to go after him. But at the same time, I do think, you know, you asked me about uh, how former fans would feel. I think, I think the fans that were with at the end, I've been talking to quite a few of them. I think the fans that were at the end of the LFL run and have seen this transformation, saw the uniforms today for themselves, will stick around. There was a lot of positivity coming out of this. I don't think I've seen very many negative comments from people who I've seen following the, the, the league for many, many years. Well, do you think, Nate, at this point, the reality has sunk in? We do have three major traditional football leagues literally in good footing. I mean, if you take the WFLA to its promise, right, in 2021 – huge step, right, because it takes the focus off X, uh, X League. Formerly, he had this platform, you know, the biggest viewership, the biggest, you know, uh, branding, the international uh, appeal to everything, right? It's taken that away now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you have to shift to survive now because you have three prominent leagues on the women's game that have made end roads now. You know, we're talking WNFC year two with the backing of Adidas and major sponsors. You have WFLA um, backing their own stuff with, you know, the Sheep Beverage Company plus their partners. And then you have w, uh, WFA uh, taking, obviously, sponsors as well. So it looks like Mitch is, you know, you're either going to be the, the, the arena football league. In other words, that's where we're at now because the 11-11 side has literally started to commit to a, a, a bigger level of exposure and attraction. And now his old uh, method of legends football league didn't pan out as to his point after a 10 year run. Now he's really evaluating this whole deal. And, and if you're going to be the, the arena football league, then I guess this is the way to go. Right. And I, it, it, right now, for for Mitch Portaza and for the the ladies that do that have continued on with this, I think it's it's a point of change and prove yourself or be left in the dust. Because you have, like you said, you have three eleven on eleven leagues that have a strong foothold, and we we already saw um, bumps in the road for LFL even probably back around I would say the the third year. I mean, you think about it, they had you know they had the TV deals with MTV two, they had the the promotion. The, the the magazine segments, you know, they they had, you know, deals with, um, my gosh, with big-name lingerie companies to provide the uniforms. They had a Playboy deal. They had all this stuff. And then, you know, I think that, that goes a lot on to Mitch, too, for, you know, wanting things his way at that moment. Had a vision. I get it. person has a vision. They have what they want. But they're also not open to that willingness to keep the finite details and, you know, be satisfied with what they're given and work to grow that. And we saw that downfall. And now you've got these other three leagues that are standing on their own two feet and they're ready to kick tail and take names. And so if he doesn't make these changes now, and this doesn't start showing some faith and some dominance, you know, we already saw a decrease. I personally saw a decrease in fans over the last couple of years of LFL. And if you don't, I mean, if he doesn't change it now, then what's left? And there's women that want to play this game. Obviously, they want to play the arena style. So if you want that platform, if you want to be able to provide that, you have to be willing to change. And I think he's starting to realize that full on with those 
other leagues breathing down his neck. Considering his connections, uh, considering um, his partnership that he's got going on, it really makes sense for him to really refocus because uh, if the girls, if the feedback from all the players, we talked to a lot of the players before about how when they went to leggings, it was a, it was a transformation. We talked to Coach Hack about the fact that this is the way that it should have gone in terms of evolution. It's kind of sad to think that he had to shut it down and rethink or do something different in this regard or the fact that COVID-19 you know, put things in perspective for him. I don't know. But the reality is, you know, he's he's still going to be a, his own brand in a way, but is it going to be enough, you know, to put him on a, on a separate market? It looks to me like he's going to try to go a business-level route. If he's serious about this, it would be a traditional arena football men's-style league, which is obviously the players will get paid. So, you know, could we see X League pay the players and then we have WFLA pay the players on the 11 side? Uh, that would be a big deal in 2021. Oh, that'd be huge news. I mean, that would be the, the, the talk of the town right there. I think, you know, I mean, there's been there's been rumors and speculation. They brought out articles that they're, you know, making faces for the sponsors and they're going to bring in funding from that and even start doing merchandising. We'll believe that when we see that with the players on them and getting them some finance from that. But I would like to also see, you know, much like the other leagues, just a straight out paycheck, you know, get that ticket money in, get all that, that money in and then give them a decent paycheck. Baby steps, obviously, but I think you're at a point and you're starting to show that you're starting to respect the athleticism side and the players and what they want by making these changes. And yeah, it would be huge. If you had an arena side that's paying their players and you had an 11 on 11 side that's paying their players, total system reset. And we're starting to have a a level playing field between men's limbs. I mean, that would be a game changer for 2021 because that would like completely instantly put the sport front and center. Right, it's no. It would be no different than WNBA. It would be no different than all the other leagues, uh, you know, the soccer league that play that pays the players, and every especially in the states. So um, maybe he's onto something that, you know, he reflected on. Um, I think he said he had caught COVID, right, for a, a small period of time and recovered from it or something like that. So maybe the reflection of the fact that he needs to be a better human, <laughs> if you want to consider it that, um, right. Put him in a, put it yeah. in a different level. I mean, he does have talented athletes in his league. Mm-hmm. He does have promotional tools at his disposal. So, I mean, I don't want to say you know you screw you screwed it up, but he's done screw-ups many of times. So maybe this is a second chance for him to completely forge forward a marketing branding mentality for the players, kind of unified with the players, and then ultimately pay the players. That would be just a huge deal for him in general, but it, it'd be a huge deal for the brand itself because it would be the only arena football women's brand that would stand mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it would It would be huge. Um, and I do think, you know, I, I did hear him mention that, and, um, you know, I applaud him for, for overcoming that. I think the biggest – the biggest thing that I heard him say, and I, and I, I we, we see this in a lot of athletes and a lot of celebs and those things, that they'll step away from something for a time and then have a realization that maybe they should have done this. And he did mention that 
you know, put a nice bow on LFL and then was away from everything for a month, completely off, completely disengaged, and had a realization that, you know, I don't think we're done yet. I think there's things we could have done better, we could have done differently, and I do think there were mistakes along the way. And just to hear him kind of talk through that that month-long process of, you know, where he was and where he felt he could go, I mean – we hear that with people all the time. You know, for a lot of people, it works out. We just got to hope that, you know, it was actually truth and a positive, you know, revelation and, you know, a coming to the light experience for him. And we we, we get the, the arena women's football league. We had always hoped that the LFL, the Legends Football League, well, you know, the lingerie was buried and gone in 2013. But the Legends aspect of thing, I really hope we get to see that league that we always knew and always wanted it to become for the sake of the players, for the sake of the business, and for the sake of, you know, a, another arm of women's football in general. I would love to see that. Now, do you feel like the referee thing's going to be fixed? Do you feel like, you know, because everybody assumed uh, when you watched Legends 2, I mean, a lingerie-rated Legends Football League, we always had that thing in our, in the back of our brain. Was it staged? Was it some sort of you know, a mishap behind the scenes, uh, all these things. Uh, we always had begged for a legit type of ball game, right, in terms of a referee side of things. And so I'm hoping that that is one piece that he will fix because if it becomes a real legit brand arena football league, then he's got something to stand on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting you do mention that and bring that up. Uh, from what I know – We'll have to wait and see what happens, but I do know that um, Mitch did clean the slate as far as officials. He did bring in a new, uh, brand new to the league overall. I mean, had some experience as a, a secondary crew member, but a brand new to the executive side of officiating, uh, director of officials. And um, uh, from what I understood, from what I talked to, to this particular person, um, the the rules have few changes. He did say that one of the big things they're looking at is kind of rewriting a lot of the definitions to be more along those lines of that high level arena ball, mm-hmm. in a way. So I'm not sure if that. I mean, I'm gonna guess it would be kept the same way with you know no um, you know no extra point after kicks or anything like that. I don't see that changing considering it's seven on seven. But. Um, you know, one of the big things he mentioned uh, was the high motion man. They're going to implement that from arena style. Um, so it just it sounds like they're 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 experimenting and they're trying some things differently. So I think this first season out will be both for for those new to it. It'll be you know sort of a raw experience like we got with the with the XFL kind of that learning phase. And for those familiar with the LFL, I think it'll be an opportunity to look and go. That's different. I like this. You know, that needed to stay the same, or why did that stay the same? I think it'll be that whole one season of questionability and is this legit? Where is this going? And then I think maybe by the end of the season, things will have settled in. So we'll see what happens. I Like I said, I do know at least that they're going to try for an arena ball, high level arena ball style of gameplay. So we'll probably see some differences from the past. And we do have, um, if when we talk to conversations about, you know, the arena style, nine-on-nine, seven-on-seven, or eight-on-eight, eight, uh, technically seven-on-seven, eight-on-eight, 
it does already exist in Texas. The Icon Women's Football Association right. is huge in Texas. Uh, most of the players in the Icon Women's Football Association play or played in Legends Football League and are currently on X-League rosters. So uh, there is no shortness of talent. You, you, if, you, if you go with the same route, um, the question will be traditional football helmet or hockey helmet as it stands. I think more than likely it will be hockey helmet because uh, I, I truly believe he wants to just have that front exposure of its athletes. Um, maybe it will evolve to a full helmet. I mean, he's going to uh, make an arrangement with shut sports, so maybe they'll modify something for the women's game. So a lot of, like, how would you say, uh, anticipation for how he will take mm-hmm. this X League into another level that will afford the, uh, the female athletes more protection, maybe opportunity for financial opportunity, and then ultimately maybe a modified helmet of some sort. And that would be a huge move for him because then he would own the arena uh, game in itself, as we're talking about here, he would stand alone or they would stand alone. I would just say they, as in terms of the girls, the girls would be able to stand alone on themselves and, and bring this product to the masses uh, as the highest level of women's football in terms of an arena style set. That would be huge. That would be massive. I mean, you know, to, to stand alone at the top of the arena mountain for, for either aspect, especially with the fact that you know, the men's side completely, I mean, indoor football league still exists, but that's a different dynamic. The entire arena football aspect completely folded, you know, last year to to take that over in, in a women's aspect would be astronomically exciting and a huge benefit to, I mean, either side. I mean, I think if done right, you could easily drag people over that were fans of the, the, the AFL for many years if if you did it right. And I do think I, I do believe that Shut would probably make some changes. I'd like to see. I think we've um you know, in following women's football we've seen enough where they have like the if you they do have Nate if you're shut sports right now, you you're in an era of, you know, uh inclusion, equality you're, we're in an era of all that aspect of things in terms of sports. Uh, women's sports right. have never been that, you know, has never been afforded that. I mean, you as a company, you would be, you, you'd stand out. In other words, that's what my point is. You would completely stand out as a brand, as a supporter of women's football, a supporter of women's sports in general. And to your point, the men's side has always been a puzzle, no different than on the 11 side for women. It's always been a puzzle, right? Leagues come and go, regional leagues, you know, fold and come and everything else. So if if Mitchell can somehow stabilize the female side of things, the women's game, and he already has a platform, right? He's got YouTube, he's got connections, he's got Network International, all that. He he does it right. Uh, this is this is huge, not just for him. This would be a huge deal for women's football, even if it's on seven on seven. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna, what I was going to mention about the the thing with shut and putting them on the map is that could give them because they've never you know had this big of a deal, and I mean it could be huge if this thing explodes and grows up. My feeling would be is that you know I was going to say we've seen enough with in women's football to know there's different types of helmets out there, and I think 
the nice crossbreed that I've seen that I like the most that I think would be a benefit and would be a baby step is if they got the um, the cages that some of the um, the cage fronts, like the hockey cage fronts, like some of the other women's leagues, like we talked down in Texas, like they wear. Like the Bauer. Down we got Bauer with the face guards. You know, have you seen the Bauer ones? Um, they look like traditional hockey helmets, but they have a face guarding on the on they the front side with the right, grids. Right. Yeah, with the grids on it. Um, that yeah. one's pretty nice, but I mean, you can still modify a a football helmet, you know, to a point where it's actually still ideal and appeal. I mean, it can be done. I mean, if it's going to be done for this branding only, then it would be a very a big game changer in general. But attendance-wise, let's talk attendance or let's talk fanfare at this point, uh, Nate. Uh, the traditional Legends Football League fan was used to having, obviously, the bikini, the bikini style outfit. That was their draw. That was something that they came to watch. Do you feel like the transformation at this point, if the shut uniform is more feminine in a way, in other words, like it, if it is made for the players, modified for the players, uh, stitched for the play, you know, in other words, all that. The fans, like you said, are going to be more inclined to accept it that way and just go, wow, this is, this is something new. I think we're going to see a, sort of a transformation in terms of audience like we saw with when they went to the the, the leggings and the full arm sleeves. Um, I think we're going to see a little mixture of, you know, a good chunk of those people who have been around and understand, you know, things change and times change and it's for the better stick around because you support a league through and through, you're going to support us for anything. And then I think we're going to see those that were only there for the looks, only there for the uniform and the, uh, as my dad lovingly makes fun of me for this, the cheek leak appeal. Right. Um, I I honestly see that they would, they would depart. And I think in turn, we'd then see also the add on of those that have wanted to come to the game who understand that these players are legit athletes, but have been vocal in their concern of the uniforms and not wanting to come and support them because of that aspect. So I think you could have them show up and there'll be those that'll leave. I think it'll be sort of a healthy, healthy mixture. I, I envision maybe a little bit of a loss in numbers just in the first season while there's that fluctuation, but it shouldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't be too bad. We should still see, you know, like we've seen before, you know, the sellouts in Los Angeles, pseudo sellouts in Los Angeles, Seattle, Chicago, I mean, those areas. We're going to have to ask uh, Mac, and we'll probably have to pull up Polly and uh, Luis uh, once the uh, uniform is unveiled and it's put on an actual human, what it looks like. And at this point, it's a a game changer because this is what the traditional women's game had been griping about the whole time, right? Like, why put somebody in a skimpy bikini outfit to play football, right? In a sex sexism type mentality um now it's going to be more of a traditional game do you feel like the the women's 11 11 uh squads are going to be able to be supportive if we if the x league goes this route i would like to think so i i think you know my, my gut feeling was that it felt to me more like you know there were there were those on those teams it was sort of a almost a half and half would be there were those that supported them and then there were those that were just like you know how could you why would you my feeling came though that the um, and I actually listened to a couple of, of the, the podcasts before I started coming on here, uh, where you guys talked with you know the management of IWFL and 
um, WFA and those guys, um, it felt to me more like it was sort of a, a top level leadership mindset. And then it just kind of trickled down and these players kind of ran with it and, you know, never really, I would like to know how many players who had either negative or positive opinion actually had ever seen a game or they just heard about it from the coaches and from other players talking about it who had seen it. That would be my biggest interest because it did sound like it was 50, 50, but I think, I think with this new outlook, if it works, I would see more of a push of that support of, Hey, let's work together. Let's do this for the good of women's football. Cause that's always what I felt was, you had this negativity, but yet you're just trying to get a different dynamic. Is it the best looking aspect? Is it a little bit sexist? I mean, that's all judgmental. That, that's all based on a person's own judgment. There's no right way. There's no right or wrong way to feel, have felt about the league at that time. But with this, I do see there being a bigger push of working together and being more supportive now that they're starting to show a sense of legitimacy and more of an attitude of, Hey, we want to be in higher market. We really want to push and go for it. And we want to show the athleticism. We don't want to be sex appeal, skimpy. We don't want any of that. And so. Do you think Mitchell's regretting the fact that he could have done this sooner before that? So I don't know if maybe that's the case where he's like, now he's like, okay, now I got to, I got to really shift my gears and stuff like that. You know? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, you think about the, the 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 deeply hated articles that came out, and the the some of the lawsuits that stemmed from it. I I think honestly, you know, any person gets to a point where they, you know, they regret a lot of life choices, and I'm pretty sure this is Mitch Mortaz's uh, example and showing of, okay, I really really bleeped up, and I need to fix this right now. Will it happen for real, or is he just still talking smoke like he used to with LFL? That remains to be seen when we get to 2021. It's interesting to see how you got Michelle Angel, you got all the traditional players uh, or pioneers. Some of them have been playing for seven years, eight years. Um, this is going to be good for them in terms of if he can get the major deal with Shuts, if he can get a regional contract at some point the uniform transformation this is what a lot of the players have been looking for since like 2000 since the last rebrand of legends football league so um if he does do and make the changes that we expect him to do which is players make some sort of arrangement with sponsorships and ultimately you know rebrand this whole league into some sort of acceptable women's arena football league uh this is uh this is going to be something we were like hoping like four years ago or, you know, when before hack left, um, I, I don't even know if the bombshell would be like maybe coach hack coming back <laughs> Would that be maybe a bombshell too in itself. I don't know. Chris Michelson couldn't stay away. I would imagine, you know, if he's got the itch enough and he's still looking to coach a team, I would be very surprised if, you know, wounds aren't mended and, you know, we see a return of hack, especially if Chicago, yeah, we we saw how that went last year in the last season of LFL with the uh, chairs being thrown and no wins whatsoever and a total decline in the Chicago program. So, with this new blitz team and this whole new landscape and a brand new start, 
who knows? It depends on the, the attitude that, that Mitch and Hack have uh, have against each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, most of the reason Hack left was because uh, he felt that Mitchell wasn't able to, you know, uh, grow this league to a legit arena-style league where the women ha- could be respected and could get the, the nod that they deserved, right, um, in terms of, like, you know, getting paid and then also bringing, bringing to the spotlight. So if he does make the changes and things like that, uh, there's an opportunity where somebody like that can change their mind and go, okay, let's go back and, and let's reset and let's do this for real and let's bring this – Let's get the sport on the map, you know what I mean, to a respectability like the NFL or the Canadian Football League as an example. So we still could hope for that, I guess. If they put it on a regional set, Mark, a regional setting, as maybe I'm anticipating, this is also very good for them because it's kind of like introducing a new product, kind of like, you know, like Ultimate Tag, for example, right? They just bring it out and all of a sudden people get kind of excited for that type of format. So this is a totally different format. Um, will it affect the men's game a lot of ways? Because this is literally what the men's game has been doing for a long, long time, but they just, in terms of the arena scene of things, they lack so much marketing and they lack unity and they lack pretty much, you know, one scale. Uh, we we saw the arena football league, you know, go into one, one scope and then uh, arena football league two, and then it completely shut down and broke down because of greed and owner shafting and all these other internal issues. Um, given Mitchell's always had control, this, if he does it right, could be a huge game changer, uh, like I said, for 2021, considering the WFLA will launch uh, their own 11-11, and if they pay the players as promised, there it is. And if he comes up with some sort of pay-the-player mentality and concept, um, like big, big year for uh, women's football after a year off of COVID-19. Um, if if it gets pulled off right and it's successful, I would like to see um, I would like to see the the men's side of things take a few pages out if it works um, in terms of the, the the business side of things because um, you have the obviously the arena football league after thirty plus years bad business decisions bad leadership put it gone you have the indoor football league which is they're they're going into their 11th season. They are the top indoor men's league right now. But yet, the only way that anybody would probably ever know of them is if there were a team in the area, or if you know they happen to see a, a clip in passing. They've never been on a national network. They've always been regional or just full on YouTube. Um, they've done pretty well crowd rise, but they're still working on it. And the the biggest thing of all is. They, I mean, that's not to say that the team's not good, but you're talking about a league that's only 11 years old, and eight out of the 10 full seasons they've had, eight out of those 10 seasons have been the exact same team coming out on top. Not a good look. But if you tweak things around on the business side and you you know work on more promotion, putting yourself out there, a lot of the things that it sounds like the X League is trying to do, I think if they – take a few pages out of their book, if they become successful, then you're bringing the men's game back up to the recognition that we saw of the Arena Football League of the late 90s, early 2000s. So it could really work in the men's favor if all the cards are played right. I agree. Um, it's just, it's kind of a nice, uh, nice 
way, I guess, for him to revert. Um, we've, we're so used to the hype, the you know, LFL 360 hype and all this, and it's kind of refreshing to think that he's no longer on that boat, you know what I mean, for hype mode. Uh, we'll see what July 14th looks like in terms of what it is. If it is a, a network or regional deal of some sort, then that's going to be great for everybody uh, and, and the, great for the girls that have stuck out, uh, you know, like the Michelle Angels out here. Uh, even KK Matheny, we talked to her a couple podcasts ago. Um, so there's a lot of stars that have that stayed a while, and this could be finally a way where they're going to get paid and a way where their exposure is going to be even bigger and all those things that are, that are going to be happening. Yeah, I look forward to to seeing what happens. You know, we were you mentioned um this just came to my mind. You mentioned the the fact of all the things that Keith Hack was upset about. I think another part that played into that is we've listed all these star players and the one common denominator of them all and a lot of players that were around the LF at the time that I think might have also gave um Coach Hack uh, the the bad itch that he got is you're talking about players that they didn't get involved in the politics. They played the game because they love the game. And they were very vocal and very verbal about not caring if they got paid and willing to show as much in terms of, you know, their finances and what they got to do and how, you know, they, they lived and survived. And so I think yeah, I think there's something to be said that, you know, I, I don't think it was just Mitch that Hack was upset with. I think it was the fact that there was also players that were coming to the defense and actually loving the league for the way it was. Now, obviously, was there need for changes? Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But we also have to respect the fact that there were players saying, you know, hey, we don't mind not being paid. We love playing this as a hobby. We love helping out. We love putting exposure onto this. And I think that was another reason why they they butted heads is you had so many players. And obviously, we see that with X League now. There are so many players that have come back, both because they love the game and now because there's a prospect that they can do even more with this new league than they ever could with legends. And so I have the utmost faith that they'll get that opportunity and we will see change. But unfortunately we have to wait almost a year to find out what happens. All right. It looks to me like uh, Liz Gorman's not going to be able to make it. Uh, she thought she was going to be able to call in. She was doing a, a photo shoot within the hour here. And she said she was going to try to break out and help, uh, set the interview up with us for about 15 minutes. Um, so it looks like that's not going to happen, but we will reschedule her. So I apologize to our fans and our audience uh, for that. And unfortunately, things do happen sometimes and not able mm-hmm. to accommodate and things like that. So, But we will try to get Liz, uh, Liz Gorman back onto the podcast so we can talk about all this stuff that we just talked about today and see what her thoughts are. It would be interesting to, to kind of figure out what she thinks, considering she was there from you know since 2010, almost 2009, and now the change in X League and how that would be uh, a total, you know, transformation of the sport in general. So um, we'll get we'll get in a hold of Liz and then try to reschedule. So I do apologize for the cancellation and not her not able to make the time at this point. I know she was trying to very hard to do it, but it did not happen. All right. Um, so if you guys haven't heard, we're on TuneIn, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, uh, Spotify even on globalwomensportsradio.com and including Block Talk Radio here and on the biggest platform, which is iHeart. I want to give everybody a thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, episode 324, Daniel Harvey, Sherry Waga, and episode 325, Adrian Smith. Uh, big shout-out to them. 
uh, our biggest listenership rankings and ratings on the three biggest platforms on Apple. Bye, Nate. That is huge. Uh, that means we have listeners. That means we've got people engaging. We have a lot of people. Shout out to everybody in Spain. That's our next routing up there. Um, we got a lot, of, a lot of fanfare in Spain from my direct messages this week. Uh, I'll shout out to Australia uh, for always keeping it real with us. And then shout out to Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. and the little island over in Guam as well. So we're pretty much reaching everybody on every platform. But overall, um, in the States, uh, North America in general, and then we got Spain and Australia hooking us up too as well in terms of uh, viewership and listenership. Uh, so really, really appreciate that. So, Nate, uh, there you are. Global, you're on the global scale now internationally on the iHeart, Spotify, and Apple podcast platforms. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. I can't, I can't say it enough. First, I, I can't say thank you enough to you, Oscar, and the crew for inviting me on board almost a year ago now. Um, would have never imagined myself doing a podcast, first of all. And second of all, to all of you listening out there, we can't thank you enough. Uh, we can't do this without you guys. We can't do it without women's football, but we can't do it without you listeners either. So your support is more appreciative than you'll ever understand so thank you thank you thank you so awesome for us to be on a global level that is just mind-boggling so the rankings came out and literally i think reality it isn't me it probably isn't you nate but it's more probably the salty one just kicking us into gear into spain and australia and pretty much just putting us on the platform map but uh yeah uh we bumped up on spotify and Obviously, a good ranking on iHeart, and we got a five-star ranking on Apple Podcasts, and maybe uh, maybe Mackenzie's got something to do with it. Yeah, we always. I mean, it. I like to think that I have a lot to do with it. Ha <laughs> 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 We can't give you enough credit. <laughs> did you get your Did you get your one hundred and twenty-third million dollar payout like your boy Dak did? Boom. Um, you know, not quite. I'm still on an amateuristic level, but just know that the salty one is coming. Okay, the salty one is, you know, is still. You know, people are still learning about the salty one. People know about my guy Dak. Okay, but people are still learning about the salty one. That is me. Girl, you're everywhere. Mackenzie, you're everywhere. <laughs> you're like, you they haven't learned about you. Are. You are everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I just try to lie about that. Yeah, you, can, really you can't. Do, I do too you're much everywhere. sometimes. You're on a. You're on a. What is it? Good. Good day, USA. If you haven't checked it out, Mac- good, Mac- day, good day, USA, USA. The best amateuristic open forum on Facebook Live. Uh, Mac, are you on like 130 what groups? <laughs> What's your count now? Um, I actually I can go tell you right now. Just hang tight. Oh it's my God! Go, no it's way! Tell me how many ones. Oh yeah, it's gonna tell me how many. I'm just fucking I, fun I right now. I, I don't need the real number. That's gonna scare me. <laughs> Two hundred and seventy-four. Oh Holy my crap. God! Holy moly! <laughs> wow! And I thought I was. I thought I was influential. <laughs> but you are though. See, Oscar. Without you and, and Nate and, and the other co-hosts, there literally is no salty one. Well, man, you, you you rock. Seriously, over 270? You're awesome. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow. If you don't know, if, if somebody doesn't know who Mackenzie Brooks is, <laughs> they're living under a rock. <laughs> you know, you guys are going to give me a big head, and I really appreciate that. You know, I, I do my best to, to keep, you know, to keep the, the airwaves salty as possible. That's my job. Hey, all I got to say is if they dive into you, you're very interesting, very candid, and at times very salty. And I think everybody appreciates that. I know, and I appreciate everybody appreciating my saltiness. You know, I it really, appreciation, y'all, goes an entire long way. So the more you appreciate me, the more I appreciate me. The more I appreciate you, the more you guys also appreciate me. That's just that's how this goes, you know? Well, Mac, let's talk a little bit about what we, what we discussed here with uh, Nate. So Mitchell Mortaza apparently got COVID-19 and kind of reset his whole thing <laughs> and decided that uh, he was going to give away – he was going to give up on the LFL project, and then 30 days later he decided, hey – I can't, I'm not going to give this up after so many years. I'm rebranding this whole thing, right? So we get the unveil today of a more traditional women's arena-style uniform for 2021, which puts him or every player that has played in, in his platform at a hopeful stage where we're going to get true arena football league on the women's side and if he comes out and somehow decides to pay them, uh, as we as I talked to Nate right here, the WFLA is supposed to pay, right? Promise to pay. And if the X League decides to pay as well, this is huge for women's sports in 2021. If these two entities somehow do come up with this kind of concept. Oh boy. Okay. Well, y'all know how I feel about Mitchell Mortaza and his. Um, Antics, if that's what we're going to call them. Um, right. Uh, you know, and to be honest, I'm not, I'm not too. Um, You're not believing it. You're not believing it? Is that what you're No, 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 no. I'm, I'm believing it. I'm not. Okay. I'm not as displeased with my, my, my rare form of disbelief, if, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not super unsold. Do you feel like the, the uniform change really makes it to where we've got rid of the bikini, the sexist mentality, and now we're going to put the girls in our true um, uniform-type mentality. I guess they're going to be working with shut sports, so they're probably going to modify the uniform to a more feminine state, but it's going to be arena-style uniform. Uh, the helmet, I think it's going to be the hockey helmet. So there are modifications that he's making and are transitioning to. So do you think that's a positive in that sense from where, we came, from where he came from in terms of the last 10 years, and now he's – going to start fresh in 2021 from, I mean, to his point? Um, yes and no. Yes. Because, you know, it's a fresh start and I feel like, you know, leagues and, and sports entities that have been around for, you know, five, 10, 15 plus years can always use that upgrade or use that new thing to, you know, boost up, you know, to boost up morale, in other words, you know, to keep the, the league or entity itself uh, relevant. Um, and on the flip side, I'm also going to say no because, you know, once you get used to something and then you see change, whether it's positive or negative, it always has, you know, that two, three-year window gap to for fans and 
players and such to adjust, um, if that makes sense. So, Mac, you're, you're wait and see for you. You're wait and see whether Mitchell really does this, right? Because he's he was yeah, able to retract before, right? We went to leggings. We went to leggings, and then he kind of like, okay, no, we're not going to leggings, right? So you're not really, you, you want to see commitment, in other words. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm, I'm sitting at at this point. It's like, um, you know, and, and just like every other league and, you know, new thing that we have experienced here on, on the Gridiron Beauties Blitz podcast, you know, brought to you by all those sponsors and stuff that we have, you know, we've discussed the, the, the you uh, the, the uh, trial and error period, you know, we want to see something tangible and then see how long we're going to be able to keep the tangibility before, you know, we either fully invest in it or, you know, not invest in it at all kind of thing. Mac, do you feel like the pressure of the WFLA paying players as, as a promise, the WNFC really stepping up with Adidas and coming up with funding by iFund I, I women, the WF, WFA coming up with bigger sponsors. Do you feel like at that point maybe he's realizing that if he doesn't go the full kit route in terms of an arena style, he's literally going to be left behind? Or to his point, he thought about it in 30 days and it was going to just give up and walk away in a sense? I think, again, it's probably going to be a little bit of yes and no. Um, Yes, because, you know, he's had time to think about it and he's, you know, had time to like, you know, I've built, I've built a tangible product and I want to keep continuing to build that, um, you know, build that uh, interest in, you know, the, the LFL, you know, legends league, you know, whichever direction he's going to continue to take this concept of his that he's had. Um, And I'm also going to say no at the same time, because he has been able to keep his, product and entity going by not conforming to what the the normal um, tackle leagues are doing in terms of, you know, uniform things of that nature. But I feel like if he didn't at least make an attempt to be a couple steps behind, then he probably would have, um, you know, conformed all, you know, all the way to one side or the other. Mac, do you feel like the girls have got to him, the veterans – they finally said, hey, we got to do away with this gimmick and start getting to real football, start doing something about real football. Because I feel like the change is there now. It's like the fact that we have, you know, the equality movement, the inclusion movement, we got, you know, the women's movement. I think really maybe he's starting to realize that if he's got to go forward in terms of a brand and make, and make it right – then uh, the uniform, obviously, is the upscale. We talked to Coach Hack, as, we, as I mentioned to Nate before. Coach Hack was one of the things that he said was, you know, the Legends Football League ev- evolution into Legends should have been, you know, the full kit arena style type of uni. And it should have been you know, done a long time ago. Now, here we are in 2020 because of COVID. He's, you know, technically his mindset is, okay, well, I got to make all these changes, got more time to do it and everything else. Um, you think the benefits there in terms of the players just voicing out and going, Hey, this is, this is what we want. This is the, the, the kind of branding that we want to put out there now. The, and if they own it, I just like I talked to Nate and Mac, the men's side has always failed in terms of the arena style side. They've, they've got regional coverage, but they never had real nationwide coverage besides like the AFL uh, on ESPN for a little while. So this is a prime opportunity for him to introduce true women's arena football 
at a very high level, uh, maybe it'll catch on. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what I'm thinking too is that you know maybe his his veteranship as far as owners and players, uh, you know, and, and staff members that he's either been around or had um, have maybe gotten to you know maybe put the bug in his ear like you know look it's kind of time that we try something new like you know and 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 not to say that they you know they may not think that the product that they've had produced before has been you know, keeping the interest, but that, that's the thing is to keep the interest to build on to what you, you know, what you've been doing. So, and I think that, you know, I think that's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the breaker between the two is, you know, whether we can, whether we as an entity can form, you know, all the way to an entire, entire full kit, full uniform, um, arena style football for women, or we, you know, keep our own style of things, but still be able to, to play the sport. I'm not, you know, it, it's kind of. I think that's kind of where that league and where Mitchell is sitting right now. Uh, Mac, will it be a, a game changer in 2021 if we get them to make make it right in terms of a real arena football league, and then we got the three outdoor 11 on 11 teams in the U.S. Uh, with huge impact too so we got 11 sports with the uh, wfa right you got uh um wnfc with their uh, uh programming that they have planned for 2021 you got wfla we have no idea what their part broadcast partners are going to be or what they're hoping for but is it is it a just a, in other words you know is the 11 11 brand you know player are they going to accept this x league full kit arena player i mean because that's going to be like it's basically a win-win for women's uh, women's football in terms of visibility and viewership. If the three outdoor leagues really make make it happen in 2021, and then this the, the indoor league decides to transform itself too, and uh, I mean it's just it's just going to be huge. In other words, for that for the for 2021 and in general for just women's football as a sport. You know, I, I think I think the fact that. Mitchell Mortaza is, uh, you know, has taken the time to think about what he can do or what his staff can do to, you know, continue the, uh, you know, continue the, the, the uh, progression of awareness with women's football in general. I think, I think that's the direction that they want to go and, and to keep. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, at this point with them, They've already, you know, they already have a, the the concreteness with their league. They already have the concreteness with their players. You know, they have a fan base. Um, they have a lot of the tangibles as the WNFC does and as the WFA does. Um, unfortunately for um, the um, WFLA, they haven't quite gotten to that point yet. That having a tangible product, so that's where the separation is going to lie. If you know, if if we're we as women's players and, and football junkies and, you know, lovers of the sport of football really want to do work on the advancement of women's football, we have to start with the groundwork, which is, you know, making sure we have those major leagues to, uh, you know, push out the product on all spectrums. Um, and I think that's where... Well, it'll be good news for everybody in general, I think, because we're going to have the sport being exposed 
as it's never been exposed in terms of like on a Roku, on an Apple, on a Hulu, or whatever arrangements they make in terms of the a la carte platforms. We talked to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. our Commissioner uh, Shelby, remember, about how there's so many options. We talked to Odessa, how there's so many options to, to get it out there. Um, so I really think that's just an excitement for for the you know for North America in general because this is the birth of the sport and we got to get it right. If we get it right, then you know, it just balloons internationally even more. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and everybody, you know, wants to say that you only get one chance to make something right. I think there's an exception with with sports because you can try something over and over and still be able to have a tangible product. You know, unless um, you end up going bankrupt or you know, or something, you know, something catastrophic happens, kind of thing. If, if that makes any sense. All right, you guys. Um, Zazzle has been our sponsor for eight years. Uh, I know I mentioned it last podcast. Um, due to COVID nineteen, there's some some concerns with delay in terms of shipments. So I really, really appreciate everybody sticking with us, sticking with Zazzle. Uh, Zazzle's uh, the supporter of our Noja Football Shop. Obviously, the sales go there, and then we promote other players as well, just like the talented Deb Rodriguez on our IG Nojo football page, and then the talented um, uh, other all-stars like Lexi DeMaio, and then uh, and also Alicia Patsky, uh in terms of you know the athletes that we spotlight, uh, Ellie Mazzola, uh, to name a few, including uh, Mackenzie Brooks here. Um, so you guys go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Check out the uh, site there, up to 15% off uh, daily. So check it out. Get the uh, the classic No Joke Football shirt and any other other favorites. So we do want to make sure that everybody's aware. If you go to the shop, there will be a little bit of delay depending on, you know, what factory it's coming out of. They do have international factory pulls. But unfortunately, you know, I want to be upfront with everybody. You do get there. There's going to probably be a little bit of delay because of COVID-19. Certain certain uh, factories are being rerouted, so it makes it a little bit more of a delay. But we really appreciate you guys supporting us and keeping us afloat. Zazzle's been our sponsor for almost eight years. They believe in our in promoting women's sports. They believe in obviously us on our platform to promote women's football. So uh, check it out and go to zazzle.com for Sasquatch Beauties and. Uh, get a shirt, get a legging, get whatever you want to get. And if you can't get anything there from us, no big deal. They sell Marvel, Disney, and all the other good stuff there. So you guys can go check it out, zazzle.com forward slash Crowdown Beauties. All right, Mac, um, if our wave is coming, but our wave is coming and the, our network keeps growing, and uh, this week alone we've had a lot of people inquire about how they can feed us information and things like that. So the hub is growing. Uh, we're almost at 80. 600, I think 85, I think I want to say 8,500 8, on Facebook at the hub. So really, really appreciate everybody going there. You can check out the latest podcast, 325, with the amazing Adrian Smith. We were talking Black Lives Matter. We were talking uh, police brutality. You can also catch the uh, 324 episode of the podcast with uh, Daniel Harvey and Sherry Waga also talking Black Lives Matter and everything else. Uh, in terms of what happened with George Floyd. So check it out. Those two, Mac, alone, uh, the biggest audience we've ever had in the existence of this podcast. So shout out to Adrian for coming in and giving us her insights, and shout out to uh, Daniel Harvey and Sherry Owaga as well. You know, I don't know how many times I have to tell people, like, 
you you really can only get all the the hardcore information from the hub. Like if you're not on the hub at least once or twice a week for your fulfillment of all things football, then what what the hell are you doing with your life? I mean, honestly, we've had the past three, four, five episodes now, shows rather, we, we've had incredible guests, we've had incredible content, and we still keep growing. Like I said, we're the best platform for all things women's football and all things pop culture and entertainment. You know, I think the only thing that we need to add to this podcast is snack ranting, okay? Then it would literally be perfect, Oscar. Yeah, we're missing the rants for sure. We're definitely missing the rants. It's okay. The rant, you know, the rants will come. They'll the the rants will, will you know make their make their presence known. Yeah, I think uh, we've been close a few times. We just haven't reached that point. No, Mac, Utah is playing ah. football, and these girls are playing lights out football. So if you guys want to go to Facebook, go to the hub, get the link. Utah girls football. Three weeks into the action, uh, a lot of excitement. And a shout-out to Father's Day. and Shout-out to all the coaches. Shout-out to all the men out there that contribute to women's uh, football and bring about all these amazing athletes to another level. And to the, the, to the dads and all the volunteers at the Utah Girls Football League uh, at the three levels, the varsity, the junior, and the elementary. So, Mac, I mean, this, this, this was the only football we could find on the planet, right? And uh, these girls are just killing it. If you go watch the videos, really very entertaining. You know, when I was watching some of those videos, I was, one, very jealous because I'm not playing football right now. And it breaks my heart. And I hate every single second of it. And I'm not going to keep talking. And I'm not going to stop talking about how displeased I am that I don't play football or have not played football yet in 2020 until that changes. So people are just going to have to deal with it. But the, the fact that those girls are able to get out there and still play and, and do what they love and do what they do best is, is really what I love about watching, you know, the younger generation of girl, you know, girls and the younger generation of upcoming women players is because as, as a female player from speaking from just experience, like, game time and veteranized experience it's you know it we're not we're not out here to get those accolades those accolades that you know, our male channel parts get you know we're not out here being heavily heavily recruited for high school teams college teams you know nfl etc um up until now you know now that we've got the means and the leagues to do it there's going to be more and more and more full contact girls league. So the fact that Utah has been able to put together this, this girls league is phenomenal. I think it's exciting to see the three levels at, at play, a varsity level, um, a junior level and an elementary level, which to me, it's awesome to see that. And that's Friday nights and Saturday. So if you got nothing to do Friday nights, go to the hub, get the link, go to the Utah girls football page, uh, Facebook Live on all the games right there. Uh, shout out to Chris Sacco as well and company at the Utah Girls Football League. And then uh, WNFC gave a big shout out as well uh, to the girls. Uh, we got their back, and I was on uh, at the at the hub as well, so you can check it out there. And so really, really exciting. Uh, every week we uh, we're on to week three right now. 
you can get the scores and updates on our page at the Hub, and you go through it there, and you just click it on there, or you can go directly to the Utah Girls Football League page, and you get the results there as well. So we'll go through into those as well, but through three weeks, pretty good excitement. The other action that's happening is in Texas, the Icon Women's Football Association, and that is uh, this past week started their kickoff. Team Legacy came out and had a very strong showing. Uh, offense was balanced. Quarterback uh, Martinez stood out really well. The addition of Chris Daniels and Katie Fashmeyer was huge for this team. Uh, very good chemistry. So there you go. They they had played previously in a different league. Uh, now they're playing in this league here, and uh, I believe it's not on nine. And then the Legion, led by uh, Yvonne Resendez as well, they started out slow on offense, but then they picked up on defense. So it was really, really good. Uh, the River City Warriors, of course, um, some growing pains there. And then you also had the CC Sharks with a tough uh, game out of the out of it, uh, the gate. So we're going to be looking forward to week two in the Icon Women's Football Association. So you can follow them at IWFA. So, uh, Mac, this Texas swing is really exciting. Uh, the Utah swing, Friday and Saturdays. Um, IWFA is on Saturday now in Texas. So we do have women's football and in anticipation of the international scene, which is the Finland uh, Finland season. It's going to kick off here in another month or so. And then I'm, I was being told by the German network that they're also going to try to uh, put up a season uh, as well as even Gridiron Australia uh, over in Queensland is going to do so. So as COVID-19 kind of comes down in terms of, uh, I guess, in, in a way where it's like it's no more a, a bigger factor, they are going to start to play some games in certain aspects, even if it's just going to be just round robin stuff. So this is great for our sport because we had nothing to talk about. So, the, you know, the girls' summer went away from us, but now it kind of seems like it's gradually coming back. Oh, you know, it, it's heartbreaking to sit here and talk about, you know, the things that – didn't happen or couldn't have happened or, you know, things that may not happen due to the coronavirus um, because this is a global pandemic. This isn't just in the United States or in Germany or, you know, in any of our international counterparts. It's it's literally all over. So being able to see that there's still women's football to be had and as is, I think, what is making, um, you know, is is helping us to be able to, to get through it. Uh, you know, we're still being able to watch. We're still being able to see live play. We may not be able to be in the stands kind of thing, but, you know, we're there watching at home, you know, being safe, things of that nature. So the fact that both the Texas League and the Utah League are both happening right now is kind of is, is kind of a plus, if, if you know, if you think about it. Well, I feel bad for the River City Warriors because they got romped 91-0 by Team Texas legacy. That was not a fun day <laughs> to get robbed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I cannot quite imagine. I'm anticipating they were uh, they were playing a bunch that. of grunts. Is that is that the word? <laughs> My coach is <laughs> anything over seventy points. The other side was probably drunk. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could really say it any better. Don't think I can say it any better, to be honest with you. You pretty much took you know what I mean? right the forty burger, the forty burger is still like okay, we could probably get back into it. Once it goes over fifty, it's not good. 
It's not good at all. I mean, once you reach the 50-piece, it's pretty much let's put the practice team in kind of thing. And this is this is no knock on them, but a 70-piece plus one? No, nah, man. We can't we can't do that. Something something had to have broken down, you know, oh, within yeah. their team um, they organization. Got I really, they got to work on it fundamentally. I mean, Nate, you get romp ninety-one to zero. Uh, we saw that one game in Legends. Remember a while back, it was like one hundred one against the Denver Dream. <laughs> that was not fun to watch. One hundred six. It was my Seattle missed. Indeed, it happens. It and especially in the arena game, but it. It happens. I was gonna. I was gonna say. You know, as a player, you start realizing that. As a coach, you start realizing that. But the funniest part is when, as an official, you start realizing that. I had a playoff game the end of last season that got out of hand very quickly. You know, in the first quarter, and my uh, my umpire looked at me as we were heading out from the the uprights to go back to our position after an extra point, and he just looked at me and said, "Let the uh, let the massacre begin." And it was it was bad, but it happens. And I do think I agree with Mackenzie. Something breaks down. Something breaks down, and you're just you're all of a sudden not prepared, and the onslaught just comes at you. And it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It's disappointing from any aspect, fan, player, official, anywhere around it. Um, and you try your best to stop it. I know there's uh, certain leagues, certain aspects where they they you know keep the clock running, but there's just there's no way to stop the bleeding. And I think I think I think it's humbling. I think it's a learning experience, but. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to look at it as wow, h- how could that happen? Because it's bad, and, and I think I think it also makes, you know, I think it makes the league look ugly sometimes too. If you have that discrepancy between teams, I think it really looks bad. Yeah, I agree with that. I really think it just. But you know what, Texas Legacy just—they know they're a top-notch squad. They've been multi-time champions in Texas yeah. for a long, long time. So. That's uh, I guess that's the standard, right, Mick uh, McKenzie? If if you're that good, I guess the score reflects you're that good. Yeah, you know the, the old saying is, if you got it, flaunt it. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, what the hell else you all y'all want me to say? Like, if, if you got it, flaunt it. But they also say, you know, don't get too confident or don't get too cocky, but. Um, Doesn't you know, sound as great as the other one. Uh, you know, not quite. Definitely correct on that, Oscar. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, if you if you gotta flaunt it, and that's 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 what the Texas teams have been doing for a damn near eternity. And to be honest, it's it doesn't matter what league you're you play in. If you have a Texas team in your league, it's bound and determined to be a very difficult game. All right, guys, if you guys go to Utah Girls Football League, uh, this past weekend we had Herman, number two, uh, against Riverton. That was a really interesting game on the Utah Live. And then you had Herman, number two, first and second half on there. We also had uh, Harriman versus West Jordan. And then we also had uh, the elementary game, Utah Valley versus West Granite, first half. So if you guys missed it, go to the Hub, and then you can get the link there as well. There is a nice, cool article uh, part of the Netherlands, uh, The Hague, has its first women's football team in the Queen's Football League over in the Netherlands. So congratulations to those folks that are setting up the first team there in The Hague uh, in, in, in the Queen's Football League. So it's really awesome. 
Absolutely. You know, I, like I said, I always, I always love when a new sector of, of women's football opens up. Um, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're accustomed to watching, you know, watching a big thing form so fast, but I think it's personally better to watch and, 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 you know, watch and see the smaller ones grow and develop because it seems to be the smaller ones grow and develop a little bit faster nowadays. And the other news was uh, African uh, Moroccan uh, athlete and talent, and that would be the uh, Sabrin Zahir from uh, the Black Mambas out in uh, Morocco. She is coming to the States and she's going to be part of the Phoenix Red Tails of the WFLA. So what a pioneer opportunity for her to showcase herself on the stage, and hopefully we'll get more uh, women in Morocco to kind of branch out and come to the States to play American football. Oh, Sabrina, I love her. And I'm, I, when, I, when I read that yesterday, that she was coming over to the States to play in, in the WFLA, I'm not going to lie, my mouth kind of hit the floor. She's I never really tough. That, you know, she's very talented. Yeah. Uh, she's, yep. she's honed her skills in flag over there as well as in the traditional game. So um, kind of exciting to see what she's able to do when she comes on and how she's going to be impactful in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, as 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 excited as I know Nate is to see, um, you know, see her come over to the States and just tear stuff apart, I, I'm really interested in seeing how she adapts from the game over in Morocco to here in the States. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see those um, those dynamics and how they play out. I'm I'm excited. It'll be fun. We also spotlighted the uh, German team, which is the uh, Montsegredebuck Wolfpack ladies. Uh, they had their nice video up there. So AFBD spotlight right there at the hub. Check it out. Um, uh, 2018 and 19 champions as well in the German league. So that was really good. You got the ISO Journal with Denver Bandits Dominique Watts. The ISO Journal uh, is something the WNC has come up to spotlight some of their uh, some of their athletes weekly. It's kind of like a Players Tribune type of uh, feature. Uh, we had our own Holly Custis uh, last week being spotlighted on the ISO Journal, um, and so every week or every week, I think the WNFC is going to be spotlighting another talented athlete. So check out the ISO Journal at uh, uh, the com. So really, really cool. And kind of gives you insights on that. The other top story was dmagazine.com does a story on the WNFC on its upcoming TV show with its funding um, by iFund Women. So, Mac, that's going to be pretty cool. That's kind of like the pretty strong that the Legends Football League did in a way. We're trying to put some sort of reality to what the WFLA has said that they were going to try to do with the uh, reality TV for the LA Fames. So, uh, it's going to bring exposure, basically, to to the not just that team, or in general, but obviously these the athletes themselves to a bigger audience. So that's really good for the sport. You know, me being me, me being the salty one. You know, me being queen of ranting. I really don't have anything to rant about other than the fact that I just need them to bring something over here to Nebraska and to Iowa because I live in Iowa. Okay. And I play for the Nebraska Nighthawks. Shout out Nighthawks. All the Hawk Nation. What's up? <laughs> um, you know, hey, Max. I need, I, I need Max, the Nighthawks, the Nighthawks were a team to watch in 2019, 2019 at the WNFC. 
And I know for sure they're going to be a team to watch in 2021 because, you know, the news I get is they're retooling and they're really, they're really gearing up. So it's, it's, it's going to be awesome to see Nebraska out of year one to year two. That's going to be awesome. And you're going to be on that squad anyway, so we're going to be keeping an eye on them too. Well, see, and let me let me just tell you like this, you know, and, and people don't like me for this sometimes, but I don't really care. Never have, never will. But I'll tell you right now, the Nighthawks are going to the playoffs, okay, and we're about to get this Title IX Cup. Did you hear that, Nate? That's, Nighthawks to the playoffs. We're getting the Title IX Cup. I don't care what nobody has to say. I don't, I don't care if you get Texas or none of that other stuff. You don't have to go through the Nighthawks. First, that's the thing, okay? You're listening, Odessa. Gonna be- the Nyacks are coming. We coming, OJ. We coming for you, okay? We coming for anybody and everybody out there. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but y'all not going to just roll over us. Not, no, not happening. Y'all have been warned. <laughs> uh, Rasmussen out there in Utah. I don't know how he's feeling right now, but uh, I guess he, he's better. He's on the – He's number two too, so I guess you're coming for him too, right? Yup, he can he can get it too. He can get right over too. What's up? Come on, 2021 needs to get here because I'm ready to I'm ready to play. Okay, we're all being cooped up in these houses and and not having no practices for what feels like 800 years now. Okay, we're ready to play. We need to get this show on the road. I believe you. I believe your girls are going to make a difference. They did it in year one, and if you guys are going to get more more talent, and you got a year off to improve, right? There should be no reason why Nebraska is not some sort of relevant in terms of a playoff state. To your point. Well, and, and, and here's here's what it comes down to, y'all. Is Nebraska is a little bit smaller of a team and a little bit smaller state, you know. The Midwestern states seem to get looked over, and I hate that. I I hate that. It doesn't doesn't matter if I was playing in Wisconsin, if I was playing in Iowa. I play for Nebraska now, and it seems to me that the Midwestern teams seem to be looked over, and that's just that's not going to be a thing. It wasn't a thing in 2019. It's definitely not going to be a thing in 2021. So I mean, I'm just saying everybody can can catch this heat because we're coming, okay? Wow, and, and you're you're brutal. Your team's brutal. I'm very they were really brutal. good. They were really good the first year. They played big boys, the big boys. They played Utah. They played elite Texas elite, and they you know they stood pretty well with them. So if they, if your team can improve even more, that that's gonna that's gonna be great for Nebraska, and for putting themselves on a playoff map, which is great. Uh, go ahead, Nate. What were you saying? Oh, I just said woof. <laughs> There, I mean, yeah, no, Max ready. You can tell Max ready. She's, if, she, you know, if she could be on the Utah football, Utah girls football league roster today, she'd probably go over there and be on the roster. I literally kind of, would. I have no doubt. I was say, that's the kind of hunger you want to see in any player. That kind of hunger right there, that kind of itch. That is what you want to see. So good on you, Salty. Yeah. But you know, look, this 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 is what I'm I'm gonna break it down to you, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a little bit of salty knowledge on y'all, okay? Like boom, okay? Look, I'm not Go. out here personally. 
I'm not out here personally doing all these squats and deadlifting all this weight and leg pressing all these 630 pounds for no reason. I mean, obviously it's making my little girly figure that I got look good. There's a reason behind all this Mack truck salty madness. And really, it's because the, the Nighthawks are going to the playoffs. Do we get in this Title Nine Cup? I don't care what none of y'all say. And I don't care what none of my teammates say because we winning it, okay? Y'all got to be positive. It don't matter if you're on a Nighthawks team or not. You have to really believe in what you're trying to put forth to get the goal done. And, and, and that's what really lacks in sports these days is we have some people that buy in and some people that don't. And some people that want to do their own thing and some people that just don't want to do anything at all. Like, no, nah, fam, we got to get together, okay? Like, you know what I'm saying, y'all? Like, we, we got stuff to do. And getting a Title IX Cup is on my list. Mac, we believe in you. You know that this squad, this 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 squad on the podcast, we believe in you. Absolutely, we know you're a beast. We know what you bring. I'm excited. Look, I'm excited just to be able to play. Like I don't even care so much about myself individually as a player. I care about being able to get on the field with my girls, with my team, with my sisters, and just tearing it apart. Like really, Mac. Um, maybe Bushman should be scared. I don't know. Yeah. But she's a vet, yep. so I don't know. That's fine. I mean, she should be scared. In fact, I could be a little bit scared, but I am i don't scare real easily. But, you know, that's, that's just what it is. Everybody should fear yeah. everybody because that's the kind of talent that we have in these leagues, WFA included, yeah. WNFC included, you know, USWFL, IWFL when it was a thing. Okay. But the Texas Girls League and the Utah Girls League, like I'm saying, is, is what people don't understand, y'all, is is there is there's there's so much talent in this in the realm of women's football, it's almost disgusting. You just be like, what? Like you play football? Yeah, I play football, and I'm good at it. Like I'm not just out here trying to be extra, okay? Like really try to focus in and really try to tune in to the sport and realm of women's football. It will blow your mind. It will. I mean, we're at a, we're at a big moment. We thought a big moment was 2020, but COVID took it away from us. But 2021, it's going to be huge. It's going to be very eye-opening. And we were so excited for 2020. I think 2021 is going to be massive in terms of just the awareness of the sport. I mean, I'm giddy for that. You know, I don't think giddy quite describes how I feel. But we'll go with Giddy because I can't really figure out anything else to say. But I'm definitely – I'm ecstatic and elated. There you go. I'm, those, I'm both of those things. And speaking of that, um, Odessa Jenkins was, uh, was on This Is It TV at the Hub. You can check it out. And she was expressing the same thing about, you know, 2021 coming about and the growth of the WNFC and how 2019 was very successful in 2021 should be the breakout year for them as well with the funding sponsorships and all the other projects that they have going on. Uh, and we can't forget, uh, Mac, Angelica Grayson was named uh, women's flag po- coach at the college level at the Uni of St. Mary's in Kansas. So congratulations to, uh, you know, champion, WNFC champion, as well as uh, Team USA champion, Angelica Grayson for the opportunity to coach a women's flag football, just like uh, Liz Sowers. I saw that. And the second I saw that, 
I shared it all over my Twitter page. Pretty sure I shared it multiple times in multiple groups on my my page and on my athlete page as well. You know, like I said, y'all, Nate and Oscar and everybody listening, y'all need to hear me when I say this. The change is coming, y'all. Y'all better hop on board or move out the way because, well, we're not going to get out the way. Y'all just need to hop on board and get with it. Women's football is here. It's large and it's in charge, okay? So y'all just y'all need and to it, step, step your game up, really. Exactly that. Step your game up. That's what we're going to do yes. in 2021. I think it's going to be very, very awesome. Fact. fact. Big facts, Oscar, and big facts, Nate. That's what we're going to do is we're going to step, step our games up and – it's going to be popping and cracking, and we're just going to get it together. It's going to be wonderful. I can't, cannot wait. Like, I literally, I need 20, I need preseason 2021 to get here. Calling it right now. 2021, the year of women's football. Right there. Bang. Yeah, it can't be better. It can't be bigger than that. It can't be bigger than that in terms of the scope. It can't. If we get a big arena arena platform, and we get the three traditional 11-11 platform in the States. I mean, that's, wow. That's just like a, a dream come true in a lot of ways. Um, the other news, uh, Mac, was Girls Sports, uh, Girls Boss Sports announces Erica Mitchum, uh, manager of the equity and inclusion for their brand. And then a big shout-out to uh, Leah Hinkle as well of the Oregon uh, Ravens as football coach there. So recognition for both of them. You get check it out at the Hub as well. So both of those ladies really instrumental in the Oregon region uh, in terms of the WFA and the WNFC. I love Erica. Oh, Erica is just – Erica is one of those players and one of those people where she she does not try to inspire somebody. She just lives her life and does what she does best, which is a being a badass. And that's what she is. And that's what I strive to be is to be something close to a badass in – and Erica, since I, since the first time that we had her on the podcast and the first time we we were following each other on social media, I was just like this. I said this girl right here, she's it. Like she she is the she's going to become the face or a face in women's football very 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 soon. Just like you know, just like Liz Sowers is, you know, just like Odessa Jenkins was before, even before the WNFC. It's just it, it. People, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to hop on board with this. <laughs> well, let's bring it up it's because not, she's, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. She's done so many things in the sport. She's uh, elevated her game. Now she's part of Athlete Ally as well on the L, uh, the um, LGBTQ community as well. Uh, Pride Month, you know, and, and since we're in June, um, so shout out to Erica Mitchum for being the manager of equity and inclusion for the girls boss sports. Um, Mac, I don't know, or Nate, I don't know if you guys caught it, but very poetic um, YouTube courtesy of Amanda Hangaldi. Um, and she did a really good uh, video uh, in terms of the black Lives matter uh, voice. And if you haven't caught it, you can go there at the hub and then get the link to YouTube, your world, your words, um, so very passionate, very emotional, uh, down to earth and true. Uh, you know, I would, I would call it, uh, a reality check, I guess, Mac, if you want to call it that. You know, uh, and you know, and I, I had a feeling we would be crossing 
this topic sometimes, you know, sometimes soon in the near future, as in like tonight. Um, and what people don't realize is with all sports and all joking and all goofiness aside for me, is that the things that are happening in the country right now are very, very real. Whether people want to step up and recognize that or not is, you know, completely up to them. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some actual knowledge, some some salty knowledge, but not salty knowledge. Knowledge from salty, I should say. You know, get to know somebody that doesn't look like you. Have a conversation with somebody that does not look like you, whether it's they speak a different language or a different gender, you know, come from a completely different background, state, country, whatever it is. Because literally a five-minute, five, ten, fifteen-minute conversation with somebody that doesn't look like you can literally change the entire perspective and outlook of, of a group of people. And that's what we need is we need to be able to just take a step back and shut up for a second and listen. Good advice. Good advice. I think that's uh, everybody's learned that now. I think everybody's kind of thinking about that. I know me personally, you know, have learned a lot in the last uh, two weeks, um, you know, with different aspects of players, uh, direct messaging, just on post, things like that. I, I really think the reality is uh, we talked to, uh, you know, Daniel Harvey. We talked to uh, Adrian Smith. Uh, the fact that, you know, if you live in an environment or an area where it isn't relevant in terms of what's happening, you tend to just tune it out over time and not really be concerned or voice anything, right? And that I think reality does that for you. Uh, but in, real, in total reality, it is still an issue that exists. So I think to your point, listening is very key. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, like I said, it's, you don't even have to have an overly extensive conversation with somebody. But like I said, being able to attain that skill of just listening to somebody and actually engaging in, in a conversation with somebody that doesn't look like you, like I said, can literally change an entire group's perspective. Um, you know, we, we need to get used to being uncomfortable again. We have for so long as a human race, not – you know, not heritage race, you know, racial demographics, none of that, none of that stuff that's happening in the real world right now, but people as a human race and being have gotten complacent with being comfortable. We need to get used to being uncomfortable again because that's how we learn. That's how we make changes. That's how we adapt to things. Is being placed in uncomfortable situations is how we learn to do things or how we learn not to do things or how we learn to adjust things and recreate plans, and, you know, that's why we as humans are always on the go because we don't know how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We're, we're not very alert and we're not very aware of different kinds of scenarios, different kinds of people, situations, areas, things of that nature. So once we as a human race learn to learn to be uncomfortable again, you know, be, be okay with being uncomfortable for a little bit and being outside of our comfort zone, we're not going to get as progressive as, as we think we are. Agreed. Um, we do have football coming up. Uh, G- week one was really exciting in Vegas. That was Sun City Trojans and our QB out there, Noja football athlete uh, Lexi DeMaio. That really good 78-0 victory. Week two coming up here June 27th versus Rio Grande Heat, 7 p.m. at Sierra Vista High. 
So we're looking forward to another win by her and the team. It looks like uh, Coach Devin Jones has done a really good job. So we'll see how the Heat bring any heat to the Trojans. It's going to be really, really awesome. And if you haven't checked out our IG page, uh, Melissa uh, Zandu of the French champion Molasses is on our gallery at the IG page at Great Iron Beauties as well. So uh, on IG, both leagues are really active. So if you haven't gone to at WNFC football on IG, you can catch the Y on w, uh, WNFC football on IG and on WFLA underscore football. You can catch she live every day between three and five uh, with uh, links Garcia. Um, so you can guys can get a little dose of both leagues on IG. So Nate, uh, that's literally where I'm at all the time, almost every day between like two and six. Uh, just taking notes. I feel like I'm in college. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm getting to that point too. I find myself when I when I get off of uh, off work, I'm 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 on social media. I'm on the hub. I'm getting as much information as I can. I'm I haven't I haven't gotten to the point where I'm writing notes like I used to in college, but I'm taking mental notes and always being prepared for whatever may come the way on the show and anybody that uh, has any questions that come my way. It's it's fun, but it's it's also disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Mac, I mean, that's where we're at now. I think we're in a platform where IG is more friendly, I guess, for the, for the, um, the leagues, not so much on Facebook, um, not so much on Twitter either, but IG has been pretty, uh, I want to say the platform, the preferred platform, right? You know, Instagram has always been the in-between or not not so much middleman because Instagram in its own right is a huge platform itself. But as far as, you know, turmoil, turmoil over on one social media site to the other, you don't really hear much on Instagram. And if so, it's not, it's not something that's ever been, you know, been outshined by a Twitter or by a, you know, by a Facebook, Facebook live, things of that nature. So people having, um, you know, people people ha- having Instagram as that secondary secondary form of um, you know social media is a great thing because you know they can still get their stories, pictures, they can still live their life through a social media platform without you know having to go through um, you know all of the ins and outs of having multiple forms of social. Yeah, and I think it's been very influential in terms of bringing awareness to the sport. Um, you could do a lot of things on IG that you couldn't do on Facebook, a lot of hashtagging on IG that really gets you relevant. Uh, you can do stories, which is a lot more impactful. Uh, so I think the platform is way, way much in terms of marketing, a lot more friendlier than a Facebook or a Twitter and everything else. And speaking of that, we are at 25, I mean 23.5 strong on all platforms in terms of the brand. So we are kicking wow. ass at 23.5 all over the map. So if you don't know about women's football, you have no idea what it is, you want to come to the hub, you want to go to Twitter, Facebook, whatever, we got 23.5 uh, voices strong, and we're, we're growing. We're still growing. So it's awesome. So, um, Mac, thanks to you, of course, with your 274 groups. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also like to equate that to the fact that I don't sleep at night. You know, 
sometimes I just be in groups. Is that a thing? Um, I'm going to use your own thing. Is that, that is, a thing? That is you a don't thing. sleep at night? That is a thing, Oscar. That That is a thing. That's an actual You're an thing. You're know? <laughs> I don't sleep. I have sleep insomnia, number one. And number two, I'm naturally a night owl. So, like, sleeping at night unless I absolutely, like, have to get up early in the morning or I have class the next day or something, not quite a thing. But my being a night owl, however, definitely a thing. Wow. I know sleep, you know, the sleep disorder is not cool because a lot of times that's, you know, draining physically too because you're just not mentally sharp. So, I mean, that could also set you back a little bit in terms of like if you're an athlete and things like that. Um, Mac, considering 70% of the NFL players are black, has the NFL done little to fight racial injustice in recent history? That is the question. Ooh, recent history, NFL fighting off racial disparities. I'm going to have to say yes because I mean, this is going to sound very harsh and it's not, it, that's not how I'm, that's not how I'm meaning it to come off, but that's, that's just how it's going to come off. Long story short, y'all, is yes, while the NFL is, you know, is, is 75% black or African-American players. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm actually going to use a quote from the University of Texas Longhorns head football coach, Tom Herman. He, he basically put it as, you know, you, you can support those players of color on, you know, a few Saturdays at, during the fall football season for three and a half hours a day, you know, three and a half hours that Saturday or that week or whatever have you. Um, you know, you can support them as they're scoring touchdowns and getting interceptions and, you know, wearing your team's colors that you support proudly, but you treat them completely different outside of the uniform or outside of the football game or, you know, outside of whatever athletic environment. And that's, for the most part, kind of what's happening in the NFL um, just on a bigger, more monetarily based platform is that is – it, there seems to be that you can support your you can support those players of color, athletes of color, you know, however you want to describe them. You can just you know, you can support them while they're wearing your team's colors. But if they, you know, mess up and end up on the news, oh, it's this it's this or it's that, that's negative about them. But as soon as they put your colors on, oh well they made a mistake. Like the the best way that I can describe this is, is Tom Herman said it best. If you're going to support them, support them all the way. If you're not going to support them, then then don't support them all the way. You like you can't have a cake and eat it too. That's exactly what he said, and he's absolutely correct. It doesn't matter what entity, college, NFL, XFL, IWFL, UWSFL, WNFC, WFA. It does not matter if you're going to support somebody as an athlete particularly because that's what we're talking about. Support them as an athlete. Don't support them just because they're wearing your colors or don't not support them because of their past, but you want, you know, you want them to do good while they're, you know, playing in your team's colors. Be 100% about your support or your non-support, period. What do you think, Nate? I agree. I agree. I I have seen – as Mac was was describing, I have seen a lot of that 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 mentality. The the 
the the signage and the walking and, and pointing out, you know, when I'm in a uniform, you respect me, you you support me, you recognize me, you do all that. But once the uniform is off, where is that? Where is that recognition? Where is that that backbone that you put into me when I'm on the field, when I'm doing when I'm doing my job? It's almost like I wouldn't say that it should be like, you know, like, like a work benefit, like you have, you know, health, medical, all that stuff, and it applies both in and out of work, but it should exactly be like that. You should be 100% behind them, whether they're in uniform or not. It's not right to say I'm going to be halfway in between, and just because you're not in the shoulder pads, you're not in the stripes, you're not in whatever you wear on the field and inside that stadium, just because you're not wearing that, it should not be a different mentality, messed up to the nth degree. And I, I've detested every time I've seen that come up because it, it just it should not be that way, and it's ridiculous. Mackenzie, um, are is the NFL in a pickle? Majority of their employees are black. Did uh, Goodell make the wrong call back back in the day when uh, Kaepernick kneeled? And is he doing like PR work now at this point to salvage himself as well? So I definitely think in the past the NFL as a whole entity, not just Goodell, um, has fa- had failed at that point to recognize like what the bigger picture was in terms of racial inequalities in the league. Namely, biggest example being there's, I believe, two head coaches of color in the league and one head one. Um, sole majority owner of an NFL team and the coach that comes to my mind automatically off top is Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but the other two, the other two people, their names don't, you know, are slipping my mind right now. But my overall point is, you know, just like I said, we can't sit there and be all buddy buddy and have our cake and eat it too when they're playing for our colors. And then, and and then on top of that. When we, you know, when our teams lose, we automatically blame them. Like, oh, you could have did this better. You could have did this that better. But, you know, the same thing goes for real life. Like, you want somebody to support you, and you want them to support you 100. percent And so, and you don't want them to be in the middle. So, why would you? Why would you essentially do that to a, you know, a player of yours, whether you're an owner of a league or, you know, a fan if you're supporting a bigger entity as far as you know, sports is concerned. Like that, those are the things that we have to have to, have to try to tackle. And I think now that, um, you know, now that the the video from the players, you know, some of the players of color in the NFL about those people who have been murdered um, with, you know, by police brutality, I think that has opened up a lot of people's eyes, including Roger Goodell. And I think that he's honestly, in my opinion, making a conscious effort. Does it seem a little bit forced? And a little bit, and maybe it needs to be forced because thing, the things that have been happening, at least in football's concern, have there. There's no place for it. There's no need for it. For what? You know, what? What are we out here still doing, guys? Like this is 2020. Okay, like, for what? Why are we still out here having to, having to protest about? police brutality on unarmed black men. You know, why are we still having to protest for women for, for equal pay for women's sports? You know, things things of that nature. So it's just 
you know, I think he's doing a good job at what, and I hate to use this term, but I think damage control is a little bit of what this equates to as well. And there's nothing wrong with damage control in my opinion, but you kind of have to pick and choose when you're going to control the damage. Yeah, I, I Nate, agree with you, the. I, I agree with Nate, the, you, the damage control. Yeah. Do you feel also Nate, that the NFL has missed the boat on terms of minority hires? I mean, there's there's got to be a more talented coaches out there that are not getting an opportunity to be offensive coordinators or head coaches. It seems like we keep recycling the same good old boys club uh, in terms of I wouldn't say the white coaches, but that's what it is, and. So we never get to see like high-level, talented um, African American coaches, maybe from the college ranks, Division One, Division Three. Um, the Rooney Rule has been literally revamped more than once, right, to include a, a bigger number of minority coaches. But ultimately, it hasn't done much in that aspect of it. So uh, Goodell, at this point, my question is, you know, what is he going to do going forward here? He has to do something because you know, 90% of the players are African-American, so he's got to listen to them, or are we looking at a rift between players and owners? Oh, I, I think it's I, I think it'd be heading there. I liked how McKenzie said, you know, I think they're in damage control right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, they've rewritten the, the Rooney role multiple times to uh, accommodate getting more black coaches, black personnel up there. And yet... Like you said, we've got the good old boys club, and I think where it stands right now is because all of this has come up, because of everything that has happened, we've had the protests, the riots, everything in between, is now here's the NFL. Like you said, its highest percentage of employees are black and African-American. They are right now, they have the biggest, I would say they have the biggest target on their back, especially Goodell, and that damage control needs to be, and I believe we will see a reflection that there be more of that push to get more coaches and players like that from the college level and move them up because if not, yeah, there could be a huge rift. I mean, and not just between players and the league, but also uh, fans in the league because, you know, they're, they're dissecting and they're, they're taking in all this information and all the news and everything that's going on on both the sports and political front. And if, something is not done with the spotlight on them, then they they could be in for a, a very big world of hurt. So it's it's changed now or face the consequences later on at this point because everything's on them like a ton of bricks. Mac, um, what do we what do we see here in terms of this come upcoming season? So we're looking at maybe no fans in the stands. Uh, we're looking at maybe taking the taking the uh, schedule out from its traditional start date. Um, I mean, where, where's your crystal ball? Where, where, do, where do we see? Uh, do we even see the NFL in the fall at this point? I think we see the NFL in the fall. I think we see just that, though. Just the NFL, you know, player, staff, teams, and that such. I don't see. I think there's maybe a small percentage chance that that they'll have fans in the stadiums at these, you know, at these games, you know, event contests, things of that nature. Um, I also see the NFL starting later, too, um, you know, to just to make sure everything's 
you know, well-prepared, whether they let, you know, let there be, a, you know, live fans or whether they just take that, you know, want to take that extra precaution. So, we, you know, if we do get NFL, uh, I mean, I don't think the issue is going to be where they lose money. One year of lost money isn't going to be an issue. So uh, the PR, I guess, patchwork is in the works because they really got to focus on that. And, uh, Mackenzie, we got 32 markets. 90% of the players are black or African-American. To Nate's point, if they really wanted to do something for police brutality platforms from where um, Kaepernick started, uh, they can do this now at this point based on what Goodell said. They're going to be supported in some ways with funding and things like that. So do they take the baton, in other words? Because they didn't take the baton when uh, Kaepernick kneeled. That's my point. Only a handful of players, I think, did that. Now as a whole unit, is this something going to be a mission for them, or are they going to drop the ball too as as a collective group? Boy, I sure hope they don't drop the ball on this one, especially because now, you know, as we've all seen, you know, those of us who follow and pay attention to uh, football as a whole have seen the statements and read the articles that, you know, um, Roger Goodell is fully, you know, he's fully um, in support of a team or club, you know, taking a look at Colin Kaepernick again and signing him to, uh, you know, signing him to a team or contract, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, one year, you know, a smaller contract, mind you, um, because they would obviously have to see if he could still play. And we've all, we all know that he's been, you know, still working out and still training through this entire thing. So, and I think what people's biggest misconception is, is, oh, if and when he gets back on team, this whole entire thing is going to stop. I don't think he would have led and got this far if it were that easy, if, it, if he thought that it would have been that easy to get his job back. Um, we've also seen Pete Carroll, you know, the head coach for um, the Seattle Seahawks, even state that he regretted not signing Colin Kaepernick in 2017, which also says, you know, also speaks volumes. If there's, you know, a coach who's to, to be presumed as being a part of the good old boys club and coming out and saying, having, you know, having dialogue and having and saying something like that, these wonders. Having Roger Goodell, you know, whether it's, you know, whether he, whether we as a public think it was forced or whether we as a public think that he's being, you know, mostly genuine with the mere fact that he stated he is in full support of any team that wants to work out Colin Kaepernick and sign him to a deal is also this what also wondering. Nate, you voice the same or no? The same. I, I think, you know, like like we said, it it's damage control right now. Like if if you know there wouldn't be this remorse right now. There wouldn't be this response of, oh, should have done this. Oh, I feel bad about this. If they had recognized, respected, and reacted in the proper way in the first place when Kaepernick first started his silent protesting. That's the bottom line right there. So, yeah, I, I agree with, with McKenzie and everything. All right, guys. Um, so we're going to see that unfold through OTAs. Um, depending on the states that are opening up with covid Things are going to happen, and we, you know, based on what we're seeing now, there's going to be alterations, obviously, to, you know, team facilities and everything else that's going on, obviously, with health concerns. Um, Mac, uh, should Baltimore and Seattle take a gamble on your buddy Antonio Brown? They need to if, you know, if they want to 
if their teams want to become relevant. Honestly, I mean, and, and and that's the other thing is is people are so concerned about what negative things somebody is doing, and they never want to try to look to the positive parts of these things. Like, okay, has Antonio Brown clearly not had a great track record the first the, this you know this past three hundred and eighty something days? Absolutely correct. That there's no denying that, but. You know, has he does he have enough talent to bring you up to a playoff and help with your supporting cast? Absolutely. I think what people also need to understand is nobody is perfect, y'all. People make mistakes. It's gonna happen. Like that's literally gonna happen. Like perfection itself as an entity is literally intangible. Like I, I'm always saying that to people. I'm always saying that to my friends. I'm always saying that in my groups. Is that what y'all think is perfect is not what I think is perfect, and what I think is perfect is not close to what Santa Claus thinks is perfect. You know, everybody's views of perfection are different. So I think we need to get out of this this elitist mindset of oh you're not perfect or you're not a perfectly well-oiled machine, so I have zero use for you. But no, that's that's not quite how that works. Mm-hmm. Nate, um, the waiver, COVID-19 waiver, is something that the college, uh, Division One colleges and Division Two colleges are trying to institute for student-athletes. So is this something that's going to fly, you think, or is just not going to have a college season at all because of what they're proposing, like at Ohio State, for example? I, <laughs> I'd personally rather – you know, feel that a college season, I mean, you know, if you got the NFL, I, I don't think you'd really need the college season uh, to, to be honest. I think you can, you can push that back. Um, as far as the waiver goes, I mean, good luck. Uh, we've seen day to day, you know, state by state, county by county, things are changing rapidly. Uh, some for the worst rather than the best. Um, I know, especially up here, you know, we, we just had another change today where it's, you know, mandatory masks among other things. I mean, there's a whole list of them, but that was the biggest thing that shocked everybody because we're, you know, we're on the downturn. So I think, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to do a, a blanket plan for something that it will depend on city by city. And rather than, you know, rather than try to, you know, try to coordinate and try to fight with it and hope that, that's going to stay the course. Once you set a plan in place, hopefully it's going to stay the course months from now. I, I just wouldn't fight it. You're not, you know, you're not a 30, 30 to 32 team pro league. You're, you're college. You've got, you know, 50 plus teams across multiple levels. It's just, it's ridiculous to try to think you can coordinate that. And even if some colleges chose to drop out, then it's, you know, it, it throws everything out of whack and it's pointless to, you know, try to, I mean, well, with the with the college playoff, we already have a ridiculousness of trying to find the top team. So that's beside the point. But it just it it's all kinds of messed up, and I don't see it happening. I, I wouldn't want it to happen. It just would be it'd be ugly. It'd be disappointing for the fans. It'd be disappointing for the the students. And it just it's worth it to just wait, let them have more time to prepare, and then have have a full successful college season next year. Mac, you agree? Yeah, you know, I don't – he kind of just took the words right out of my mouth, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that, honestly. Nothing. Yeah, I think it makes sense if that's the case. I mean, 
if we get NFL, we get NFL, and it's probably be the bigger uh, draw in too. But it's going to be a bummer for like college fans that are used to having, you know, both the fall with such a buzz for football. But um, well, you guys, uh, really, uh, uh, I want to apologize. We could not get uh, Liz Gorman in here today because uh, she was trying to make some time for us during a uh, shoot that she was doing. So we apologize for that on the podcast today. We should be able to reschedule with her down the road here, and uh, as soon as the schedule opens up, we'll get, we'll get her back in here. I also want to thank uh, everybody that uh, has gone to the Hub, making us obviously a growing platform, and everybody in Spain, Australia, America, who listens to Mac, Nate, and myself, and previously to that, obviously, Troy Wilson and uh, Louise Bean and Holly Custis, so for making our platform an amazing uh, podcast. You can get it on TuneIn. You download the TuneIn app, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast. You can get it on GlobalWindSportsRadio.com now. Uh, Block Talk Radio, as always, as our flagship. And then thank you for everybody for spiking us up on Spotify and iHeart. Really, really appreciate it. And giving us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, so that really, really helps us out on our rankings. Um, so I don't know, you guys, but uh, really, really awesome. The fans are engaging. Uh, everybody's coming to the hub to like, share, and everything else and bring attention to our sport, which is great. And uh, so 23.5K strong. So MAC, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say, but we're, we're trending and we're doing great. We're get, uh, If we would have had a football season, I think we would have done uh, way better, but 2021 on the horizon, so we couldn't be any more happier. We just got to keep it going until then. Well, you know, Oscar, I'm going to say this. You know, this might come as a shock to you, but, you know, like I said, we're the best podcast for football, period. That's unpaid, mind you. Don't worry, we're going to get to that level, but just know that you need to be here listening to us. You need to be here putting in content and giving your opinion because without you guys giving us feedback, we don't have jobs. We don't do this. You know, we don't keep we don't keep hope alive as they like to sing it in the 80s and all that old people stuff, okay? Um but overall, you know, we do we, we do our best to provide people with the entertainment value of sport and without having to without having that access to be able to go be able to physically physically go play that sport or be able to actually watch the sport as it's happening on the T V like we're used to is why we're doing so good. Now not that we weren't doing good you know, good and great before, but with the heightened level of not being able to have a normality, we have now become people's nor, nor normality, which is wonderful, and I love it. All right, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, like I said, we'll probably get Liz uh, rescheduled here for another time. But, uh, Mac, awesome insights today. Uh, Nate, as well. We talked Exley. We talked Pleasure. NFL. Uh, we talked women's football news. So the roundtable there. You can get replays on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. So for Oscar Lopez, Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, the absent Holly Custis, Troy Wilson, and Louise Bean. Catch you here next week for 327 right here on the Blitz. Have a great night, everybody.